So as promised, I'm back with uh, my next podcast where I'm going to speak in about Swaziland and just a little adventure that myself and a friend went on. The trip was basically seven days in Swaziland with 70 rand, so about 10 rand a day that worked out to. And unfortunately, I've got nobody here to ask me questions, no friends, no family, everybody ditched me, so if any of you... Uh, friends or family out there listening to this episode, uh, thanks a lot for uh, for ditching me. But uh, yeah, the show must go on. I said I would definitely not be one of those guys that do a boring podcast where you just speak into a microphone for the whole session and talk about a trip. And yet here I am doing a podcast by myself. So let's hope it goes okay. Got my laptop open here so I can basically speak about Swaziland and um, yeah just answer any any questions if you guys do have some questions about traveling to Swaziland Um, but yeah let's kick it off so the way the trip started was that that um, a friend of mine her name is Zaki she did a, a trip along the coastline of South Africa so she basically walked from Namibia where Namibia and South Africa meet, which is on the west coast of South Africa, all the way down the coastline, along the coast, all the way up to Mozambique. Massive trip, not 100% sure how long it took her, but she did this hiking hiking trip and gained a lot of momentum and exposure. And uh, yeah, it just I just followed her trip and it was she had amazing courage, amazing ability to push through difficult circumstances and she had really cool stories in that and yeah I just followed her trip so when she got back we um some of we shared some some I wouldn't say sponsors but I mean our clothing equipment and stuff like that there was a there was some the same interest if you could could say that way so we we used some of the same equipment and uh, just chatting about how everything worked out on her trip speaking about my Africa trip and eventually we were like well we should totally do a trip together we didn't have a lot of time so we decided like seven days would be perfect and then also to try and do something within South Africa or a surrounding country but something really close relatively cheap and where we could could see cool things and 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 yeah just just do some cool things without spending a lot of money so we took it to the absolute extreme like obviously if you want to travel to Swaziland you shouldn't be taking that little uh, money you know that amount of money with you should probably budget for a little bit more but we wanted to show that it is possible to travel on a small budget because we were like absolutely sick of people saying well if you don't have a lot of money you can't travel or there's just no ways you can get these things done and we were like no like shit there is a way that you can do it so we decided on Swaziland just a little bit more about Swaziland the official languages are Swazi and English so if you do speak English you should be okay if you travel in there Um, the total squares 17,364 square kilometers so it is really small the population is probably about 1.3 it looks like 1.3 million and um, it is one of the smallest countries in Africa it is completely landlocked by South Africa so if you've got a map close by you'll see that um, 
it borders Mozambique, South Africa, and yeah, Mozambique and South Africa. So sorry, not completely landlocked by South Africa. That would be Lesotho. Lesotho is another small country completely landlocked by South Africa. So it borders Mozambique and South Africa. So we decided to enter the country from the northern side, which is the, I think it's the Osuk border. From there, when we travel into the border, we we literally crossed the border, stamped our passports, very little traffic and very little trouble getting through there, pretty organized. But we had nothing, so we didn't have a car, we didn't have any organized transport, so the plan was to hitchhike from the border. When we got over the border, I realized like, whoa, this is going to be tougher than I thought. Firstly, because I've never, I've never really um, hitchhiked before. So this was like a new territory for me. But we got over the border, stopped. We probably walked about three Ks before somebody stopped and uh, yeah, picked us up, gave us a lift into the capital, Mbabane, yeah, the capital, and dropped us off. A little bit south of that. Um, I'm trying to think of the town's name. Looking at the the picture here, but yeah, a little bit south. It's close to the Mul Mulwane Wildlife Sanctuary. I think it's pretty close to there. And so basically, in this town, this little town, we had I had a friend of mine that owns the backpackers there. It's called Legends Backpackers. So if you want to travel to Swaziland, definitely check these guys out. Really affordable accommodation and yeah, just a really cool place to base your trip off. So you can, it's pretty much accessible. From there, a lot of things are accessible. And uh, yeah, just a, just a cool place. So he had basically sponsored us a night of accommodation there to say, okay, well, cool. From here, you can... Yeah, launch your your seven days in uh, in uh, Swaziland. So that was a Monday morning, really early. We got to this place and uh, basically just took out maps and took out all the information we had on Swaziland and just started planning our trip. Now, if you are looking at a map, you'll see there's there's a couple of places we wanted to do. We wanted to travel the whole of Swaziland and see as many things as we could in in seven days. Obviously, the limiting factor was the the money. So from the next day, we woke up pretty pretty early, and we actually went to go see a like a, a Swaziland. Uh, local Swaziland dance and see how the locals lived at a like a little nature nature reserve close to where the backpackers is cost us nothing the authorities were yeah thankful to just have some uh, some people that would be blogging about the trip so they they let us in for free and we checked that out for the day and then we traveled to did back into the town, looked for a little, um, little place where we could uh, just get something to eat, which was difficult with ten rand. So we actually stopped at a spur and we got, we shared a vegetable, so like spinach and I think it was spinach and pumpkin. So it was like twenty rand. So we shared that. 
and uh, which was like quite little. Up until that point, like people had been giving us food, like the morning we got breakfast from the place we stayed, um, and then at lunchtime we uh, also got food given to us by uh, the the guys at the nature reserve. So that was pretty cool, and it was really cool that you know people were helping us along the way and sort of buying into this idea of like whoa, like seventy rand um, in Swaziland, which was was pretty cool. So from there we met like a local guy who drove us to where the king stayed. So like there's a big mansion where the king stayed. We walked around there, had a look at how everything, yeah, just just to check around the area. And from there, he took us to a little place where we got, uh, it's called, I think they call it chicken dust in Swaziland. So it's like a little, uh, can't use the word braai because it's specifically South African probably like barbecue <clears throat> so they've got like this half uh, oil drum that's been like cut in half and they make a fire in there and you put the grid on top of that and they cook like a, a chicken on there but the, the the spice they use is absolutely uh, incredible like it's a really really sp spicy but delicious as well and uh, yeah so we, we had some of that which was quite uh, quite an experience and this local guy just showed us to where we could see the the museum we didn't decide to go to the museum that day we probably thought that we'd come back at a later stage and from there what we did was we actually caught a taxi so we used our money for the next day for the next I think for the next two days actually it was like 20 rand each we used our money to go across the country to a place where um, I think it was Mlul, Klane Royal National Park. I think that was the park that we went to from there. It was a a friend of the backpackers we were staying. He had contacts for us to, to stay there. So we caught, got caught this taxi, rode late into the night, got picked up by this this friend he took us to his place where we uh, decided we'd spend two nights and um, yeah just like got a had, a had a decent shower a good meal with the family him it was himself and his wife they didn't have any kids and just had plenty of dogs and and uh, yeah a lot of animals and that and that night they took us to something pretty cool which I've never been to. It's a sugarcane harvest. So what they do is there's these massive sugarcane fields and they would uh, basically light a fire so that the whole of the sugarcane can be, all the green can, can burn away and everything only that's left is basically the cane and then the next day it would be harvested. This sugarcane fire was absolutely incredible. They lighted on one side, I think it, or all four sides, and it basically creates this whirlwind, and it's just like burning, and it goes quicker and quicker, and gets hotter and hotter, and the flames just like are spiraling, and it, it's massive. It's really quite a big, big fire, and it's something I definitely wouldn't have seen if it wasn't for traveling this way we were traveling like going to locals and getting advice to stay in one place and go to another place so it was really cool to to actually experience this uh the guy we stayed at he uh recommended that we uh 
go and explore the next day. So we decided, we had heard of this place where you can actually sit on top of a mountain, rocks, where you could have one foot in Mozambique, one foot in Swaziland, and be sitting, no, one foot in Mozambique, one foot in South Africa, and be sitting inside Swaziland. So we're like, whoa, I wonder if this place exists. We've, we, we checked on the internet and there's not many places that uh, spoke about it, and including himself. He gave us as much advice as he could give us. So we basically used the GPS to track to this place, got a left early in the morning, hitchhiked like probably three rides to the place we eventually arrived. And then we, uh, yeah, we got out and we hiked up this mountain and just used the GPS. And eventually, true, true enough, we got to this point where you could sit in Mozambique uh, South Africa and be still sitting in Swaziland on top of a mountain, which was incredible. And all around us was the most fascinating views. It was like sheep uh, and, sh- and shepherds like on the one side. On the other side, you could see down this massive valley into Mozambique. And yeah, you could see South Africa in the distance. Just a really beautiful sight. You know, up there... Uh, the guy we stayed at had packed us some sandwiches. We had some lunch there. And uh, yeah, from there, hiked back down. It literally took us the whole day to hike there and to hike back. We got a lift back to as as far as somebody would, would give us a lift. And um, yeah, so that was like pretty much day two finished. We went back and stayed at... Um, the the same place we had stayed the night before and plan was to leave the next day and try to see the whole northern part of the country and we actually got an opportunity to stay at uh, the guy we stayed at his his dad's house the next day so we're basically trekking up north along the whole route to just drive and see the see the country and then land up in Mbabane again and then go a little bit more inland and, and sleep at this, uh, this other guy's house. So we uh, got up really early, got a lift, I'm trying to think where we got a lift to. Yeah, got a lift. I remember something happened that day. Oh, yeah, my cell phone. So, actually, my cell phone went missing on that day. So, we lost all the contact. Um, I'd left it in the car or something like that, which is crazy. I haven't really actually ever gone back to to get it back. But it was just a small, temporary cell phone. Early in the morning, got a lift out to the main road and just started walking on the main road. I remember it being super misty that morning. Um, Quite beautiful, though. When you'd, you'd walk... Keep your thumb out when you hear a car. Walk, 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 walk. Found some sugar cane on the floor that morning. So I ate some of that for breakfast. And then we got our first lift on the back of a bucky and it was a freezing cold, so like a pickup truck. And the car must have taken us about 60 Ks at least. So we, we had a nice time to just like sit in the back and just enjoy the views of Swaziland from there. Then there was a crossroads and the, and the vehicle was going uh, to, towards a farm and we had to hit the main road again. So from there we started walking again, got another lift into 
into a city, no, not a city, into a small town where we managed to, for five rand, I think we got two corn on the cob, bride, again, like, over a fire on a grid, so we each had one of those, and I think we paid like five rand, so it was like two rand fifty each, which was a bargain, big time, and, um, yeah, ate that for lunch, got in the next vehicle, just backpacking and hiking and trekking as much as we could, and then traveled to Mbabane, and I remember the views here got really cool, so if you are planning on traveling to Swaziland, this northern part, there are waterfalls, there's like natural forest and lodges and I think Pigs Peak Casinos up towards that way it's really cool so undulating hills winding roads green I remember crossing over like the Nkomati I think it, that's the river over the river there and just seeing like yeah there's, there's just a whole bunch of activities happening in that side of, of Swaziland and again just to pause and, and talk about culture and lifestyle in Swaziland, people were super friendly, we never felt under, in, in danger at all, small population, so mm-hmm. you feel like you're not being crowded all the time, I mean, you guys have heard me speak about Ethiopia and being like crowded by people the whole whole day, every single day, and Swaziland was different, people kind of kept to their own, and because it was small, poorish country, it's people are mainly in the city so in the countryside there was really nothing going on which was pretty cool they were very peaceful we had two packets of two minute noodles as well late in the day which we stopped at a little patch of green grass just outside a a small town and i cooked that on my my gas cooker which um which came in handy that day and then got to mbabane where we met our host for the evening at a hospital where he worked. It was like a maintenance guy at the hospital. Got picked up there and then drove to his house, which absolutely blew my mind. We went down to a... I'm trying to think exactly. So out of the town, there's a massive rock. I forget the name of the rock. I'm actually going to Google it now. Google big rock in Swaziland. So this uh, this rock, it's Sibebe. That's the one. It's a granite mountain in Swaziland. The sight of it is is crazy. It it's like a sheer face. It's 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 granite. There's no places to. Uh, it looks like you could, it's very difficult to climb because it's so so smooth so our goal the next day was to like we want to really climb that mountain so the next day we had had a plan already so we had one day two we climbed the mountain so we were on day three right now yeah so this was day three day four would be the mountain and uh yeah just driving we from from the capital you you sort of like drive down this hill and round different roads and it's like into this valley and on the one side it's just like green houses and stuff again on the other side is this massive mountain 
and uh, the guy who was staying at our host actually stayed in a house that he had built himself with rock, cement, wood, all the really made very thoughtfully. Like I, I can't explain how just environmentally friendly things that he could use. There was the most beautiful art and paintings in this house. If you could imagine, like in his room, there was these wooden and glass, so like a glass, obviously glass window, but a wooden frame doors, massive that could like slide open. And there's this massive deck that stretches out and the deck is held up by these big like blue gum poles, wooden poles, and there's nothing, there's no like uh, balustrades or anything like that, it's just like open and you've got this view of this valley, and he told us that those doors, those glass doors that he had used, he hadn't closed them in like seven years, so the roof went over, so it never rained inside, obviously it rained a little bit on the, on the veranda, but his door had been open for like seven years, he hadn't closed it, which was I found pretty cool. It just tells you a little bit about the weather in Swaziland as well. Not too cold, and it's really a cool place to to uh, to travel. Um, <clears throat> so we actually stayed there that night. We had some access to Wi-Fi, shared some stories, shared some pictures. Zaki had a little GoPro, so she was putting up some footage of of the days we had had so far. And um, the host he he had gone out for the evening to have dinner at somebody. So we we like cooked some i think some rice and there was some meat that he left over for us in the fridge we had like a really good meal and um yeah we started to get ready for the next day when he got home he shared some story basically like our um the route that we should take the next day and yeah it was basically from his house he walked out the back garden straight up this mountain and turn turn right follow the path left and all of a sudden you basically going up this mountain and uh yeah the plan was to like get to the top have some coffee take some photos and just chill up there a little bit it was really not something you would do every day and uh the next day off we went day four climbed this mountain and it was yeah it was really special really really special difficult hike um luckily we had enough water and all that stuff we had our backpacks but it was beautiful the the views from the top is yeah it's like unmatched it's definitely something to do when you're in swaziland is visit this this mountain there are ways to get around the permit at the gate like if you do stay with the local you can sort of get up around um, yeah, ways that are not there's a lot of different ways to get up the mountain so I'd research that before you go so you can get a yeah, just a good good view and make the most of the of the journey from there we went uh, We luckily enough we had a, another night sponsored at the Backpackers so we, we headed over to there and just rested up, our shoes were wet we had hiked hadn't had a shower then that day so we got to the backpackers and and spent a night there and the next day we actually went into the that museum so that museum that we had been uh, 
been looking for we <clears throat> we obviously found and we managed to get free entry into the museum which the lady was super friendly about because we wouldn't have been able to afford to go in there was old cars of past presidents in the museum there was the history of Swaziland the language the people how it became a country all that stuff it was super super interesting we from there we managed to head back to the the backpackers and then from there we decided okay well what do we really want to do if we want to see the whole of Swaziland we kind of need to move quickly but also we had this base from where to like launch these adventures at the backpackers so we uh yeah the next day was oh so we, we're at the museum now so when we got back we decided we'd stay a night and then day six we would spend seeing the whole of Swaziland so we'd hit the road in the morning and basically catch lifts through the whole of the country down to the bottom of Swaziland which is Silutse uh, we went to Big Bend and we went um, Nklangan all the way up back to Mbabane so we would see basically the whole rest of the country in the south we had some moments that day, I mean, we're catching lifts and we're going into all these little towns and, and just seeing what the country has to offer. I would say the south of the country is probably not the best place to go travel. I would say the north is much more things to do and game reserves and things like that. So <clears throat> that day six for us was a long day. I remember getting to Big Bend and then traveling more south. We got to the South African border and then we had to like basically hug the border all the way back to Nslangano and then that road. We probably walked for about two and a half hours without getting a lift. It starting to get dark and we're like, oh shit, like, we're going to be camping here tonight with no food. And yeah, who knows what could, could happen. And literally last minute, uh, a car came past and yeah gave us a lift into Nslangan and we are with our last bit of money because we knew we wouldn't use any money on the last day we got a bus back up to Mbaban and stayed at the backpackers again and yeah so the lifts that we caught throughout the whole trip we met such incredible people some of them had very little yet the poorest people were stopping to pick us up I mean, we heard stories from last bit of petrol, last journey, trying to go find a job, coming back from the farm, all that stuff. I remember, like Zaki and I, we used to look back at the car coming, and sometimes it would be like a Land Rover. And we knew that if there was a Land Rover coming, the Land Rover wasn't stopping. If there was a fancy car coming, it wasn't stopping. It was usually the locals traveling, seemingly living life a little bit slower. They would stop and notice these two people walking with massive backpacks on their on their back needing a lift or trying to get to somewhere so the locals were super friendly and I'm really thankful for what they did and pointed us in the right directions like oh you got to go see this or you got to go see this river or you got to go to this museum and it was a really 
great experience. So from Nishangan, we, we caught that bus, also with the literally the last money we had. We stayed at the backpackers the last night. We celebrated, we had a bit of a beer, and yeah, just was really thankful that we could see so much of the country in such a short space of time. The next day we managed to wake up really early and then we, again, it was like 300 kilometers to get to the border gate that we would be exiting and just hit the road nice and early, started hiking. Again, you walk like half an hour, get picked up by a car, get dropped off somewhere, walk again for another hour, get picked up, go again. And um, yeah, so that that was basically the, the experience, I would say, of of Swaziland there are some really incredible things to do in Swaziland and there's some great game parks some private game parks as well mountain biking like take your mountain bike if you want to go I was I would much rather have done this trip on a bicycle um, just purely the fact that I could get around better but it's really a place to visit there's uh, a lot of things to do the weather is great things are relatively cheap obviously the game parks and things like that might be a little bit more expensive but for people listening from like Canada America all those places like if you want to get a real experience of uh, the culture in Swaziland the mud huts the grass huts the paintings the way they live in the tribes and the and the villages You've got to go and see Swaziland. You've got to make an effort to to visit them and to just visit some backpackers. There's white river rafting to do. Uh, the backpackers itself actually organizes so many different trips, and uh, you can definitely contact contact them if you need a contact at Legends Backpackers or want more information about it. You're welcome to pop me an email, and I can send that all off to you. So yeah, guys, sorry about the super boring podcast. I have no idea um, what questions somebody would have asked me about the trip, but just wanted to get some some info out there about the seven days we did in Swaziland with basically no money. So if you want to travel, it's definitely possible. Next podcast we do, hopefully I'm going to have um, my sister or Francho back with me that can ask me a little bit of questions. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break down the, the next podcast also into a bit of a series where I'm going to talk about cycling through the whole of Europe. So I did a trip from Morocco to Norway through, yeah, basically Spain, France, um, Netherlands, Belgium, Germany, Denmark, into Norway, all of those countries. And it was, I managed to visit Switzerland as well, go to some really interesting places and just some information on how you could possibly do a bicycle trip in Europe and relatively cheaply as well. Europe is very bicycle friendly. There's routes throughout the whole of Europe. I would love to do that sometime in the near future. I would recommend doing Europe with a friend. So doing it solo was pretty cool for me, but it did get boring at times because it was so easy. I think Africa was more challenging and to be alone was a bit easier. Uh, but but Europe, there's so many great things to experience that you actually want to do it with somebody. So I'll break up the podcast and the, the series in like cycling through Morocco and Spain, for example, and the places I went, the places I saw. 
and just how to do certain things and not make the same mistakes that I did. And then I'll do like cycling through France, Basque country, uh, Belgium, things like that. And then break it down slowly and basically share the route of how I did it and where I got to. And for me, that was a really cool trip. I enjoyed it. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Catch you guys next time.